Welcome to the Net Zero Podcast, where we talk all things sustainability with industry experts, Net Zero clients, partners, and colleagues. In this podcast, we hope to share information, knowledge, and experiences of the journey to Net Zero. I'm joined this morning in the podcast by Dr. Toma Hostel Nikoviti. How, yes. how close was that? Close. It's Postel Nikovaita. There you are. This uh, apologies for my poor Lithuanian pronunciation. Toma, you're someone who specializes in the research and, and study of human resources. So what does sustainability mean to you? Yes, so that's a very good question, Chris. I think directly sustainability would be caring about the environment, environmental goals. But with me being working in the area of human resource management, to me, sustainability means aligning human resource management strategies and practices and organizing them in a way that cares not only about achieving the financial goals of the organization, but more importantly, caring about the social aspects of the job, about the well-being of employees. It is, I usually refer to sustainability nature as socially responsible human resource management, which again, you know, means that employees have to feel well about their work and organizations. Um, also, they have to have a voice in organizations rather than being tools to, towards um, achieving the financial objectives. And again, most of my work focuses on how organizations these days are not exactly socially responsible and not sustainable despite this wide-ranging concern with sustainability in HRM. So for example, we still have issues such as in-work poverty, where employees simply do not earn enough to have a decent life. We still have issues with decent work, for example. And my main research interest really focuses on diversity in organizations and how you know, we can have numerical diversity. For example, the number of women is increasing in the workplace. The number of migrant workers is increasing in the workplace. And yet what we are not exactly seeing is that diversity of perspectives, the diversity of voices, the diversity of backgrounds in organizations. So looking into those aspects and actually trying to understand how can we do work better, manage people better, is what sustainability means for me. It would appear you're saying that all businesses, as they're starting to plan out a net zero strategy, have actually got to plan in diversity. How important is it to plan in diversity right now? Um, so I think the simple answer to this question, and it's a very, very good question, is that it is very important to plan diversity. Um, of course, there's the social justice aspect of, you know, it is important to have diverse views um, represented, diverse backgrounds represented, diverse individuals represented. But research has also consistently shown that there are also tangible benefits in having a diverse workforce. And by tangible benefits, I mean organizations tend to be more creative, more innovative, also ultimately more profitable, more original if they have a diverse workforce. So having a representation of more diverse groups is extremely important. It was interesting when you mentioned about you can go through the exercise and have numerical diversity and so on what are the other key mistakes you think that 
organizations can um, have when they're thinking about this? What are the key mistakes that they would make in doing bad diversity planning, if you like? Um, I think that one of the key mistakes is that diversity can sometimes be seen as a bit of a ticking the box exercise in the sense that, you know, you could simply look at the numbers, for example, of women in the workplace, again, migrants in the workplace, different label employees in the workplace, and think, well, do we have any? Okay, tick the box. Um, do we have diversity management in, the, in our organization? Yes, box ticked. Do we have diversity training in our organization? Yes, let's take this other box. But it never actually goes beyond that, beyond simply, you know, seeing do we have something to address this? Yes, we do. That's it. It is important to go beyond that and, again, to also look at the background of individuals that come in. So, for example, my own research on migrant knowledge workers has shown that organizations seem to be increasingly international. If you look at the number of foreign citizens working in the workplace, but at the same time, if you look at, for example, where those knowledge workers were educated, which countries have they worked in, actually organizations seem to be very national. So, for example, you can be a citizen of Lithuania, just you know, like myself, for example, but actually be educated entirely in the UK. So, yes, you are diverse from a certain point of view, but at the same time, you know, the way that you, what you have learned about how things work is then very country specific. So how do you then achieve the balance between having foreign citizens and actually representing diverse views, diverse backgrounds, diverse perspectives that can ultimately lead to your organization becoming more creative, innovative, and truly inclusive? I suppose this all leads to the one question that with all this talk of diversity and the the need to accept that, that the knowledge workers particularly are going to create a number of challenges in, in understanding diversity. My question to you would be, from a business owner's perspective, is how will I know I've been successful in implementing and establishing diversity in my workforce? I think this is an excellent, excellent question, Chris. And I also think it's an extremely hard question to answer. Um, I think diversity isn't probably something that can be achieved, let's say. It's a continuous process of checking, observing, and developing and adapting the processes and strategies of human resource management and of management more broadly, um, of whether the contributions of employees, the perspectives of employees are actually acknowledged, whether they feel um, celebrated, whether they feel that their voice in the organization actually matters. So, I mean, I suppose an easy answer to your question would be, well, it's, a, it's an easy answer, but I don't think it's the right answer, is to look at the numbers, but numbers of how many diverse employees we have is actually not what makes the substantial difference. You know that your organization is diverse, not simply when you have different groups, different societal groups represented in the company, but also when they feel confident to actually share their perspectives, even if those perspectives um, and experiences are different from, say, your perspective as a manager, for example. 
um, when employees feel engaged and confident that their voice matters, that their perspective matters. But again, it's not necessarily an outcome that you achieve and this is it. It's a continuous process that can always be improved. So that's what, why I think your question is a very good one, but also a very hard one, because it's a process. It's not um, an achievement that stops once you have ticked the box. Well, that's very interesting because the uh, the early research and, and engagement we have with customers is that the the people within the organization are so vital in making um, sustainability work in any company. It's not something um, that can be implemented and and um, done to people. It has to be a a, a, a whole scale organization stepping up to challenges. Everybody is facing the same direction. So it'd be very interesting to get your perspective. Yes, absolutely. And I think you have raised a very important point there. Um, I mean, achieving diversity or developing strategies, practices to embrace diversity, um, it's not a responsibility of just one person, of two people. It is a collective responsibility. So that is a very good point that you mentioned. Well, Tom, that's been a very interesting conversation and something certainly for us to, to think about as we're all planning out our journey to net zero and trying to bring people along. So thanks again for your time. Thank you very much for having me, Chris. It has been a pleasure. Thanks again for listening. And if you require further details, please don't hesitate to contact us or visit the website where you find additional information, including more podcasts like this.